You are now tuning in to Kickspot with Jidu Park and Mix. And we're back. Yes, sir. To another <laughs> episode of Kickspot. Uh, and today we have a very, very special guest. He's a... Uh, one of my good friends. Actually, he's not even a friend to be honest. He's family to me, you know. He's he's the Brody, Nick Shackleford. If you guys don't know, you guys can Google that name, Nick Shackleford. I know the last name could be a little tough, but um, yeah. But uh, we will introduce what he does shortly here. But uh, pretty much, Nick is in the e-commerce sector. Uh, he is a brand specialist. Uh, he helps business really create and, and really catapult them to bigger and better things when it comes to sales and marketing. True. Is that correct, sir? I think you've hit all the points. Hey, bam, bam. Miss anything. You know what I'm saying? One, two, three. History. <laughs> so what, what Migs actually means by like us being family is we're literally about to be family. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how much we've gone into on the relationship side, but I'm sure it'll come up during the It'll this probably one. come up. So yeah. that, that could sound a little wrong in another way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, can you go and yeah, elaborate please. for everybody? What so, that actually means. No, so like, so my fiance is Nick's girlfriend's sister. So Correct. we're pretty much going to be like brother-in-laws kind of thing. Okay. That's that's what we mean by family. Okay. But <laughs> we do have a, um, a section of our show where if you're a new guest, and this is probably going to be one of the few times that Nick is going to be part of the show. Amen. You get to go through our torture. You get to go through um, our torture. The questionnaire. The trivia. The question. Trivia. Yes. Trivia questions. JP, did you want to start yeah, the, so, the question? Okay. So we prepared five questions for yeah, you. you're dead, bro. Oh, um, so you can't look at the screen here. You can't cheat. All right, clear. Um, so I'm going to ask the first question, then we're just going to alternate. Yeah. Um, so I did some research on you, um, and I found out that you were a Billiken. Did you live out there? I did, three years. Three years. Where did you live in, in St. Louis? So I was in Central West End or on campus in Salute. Because someone said a Billiken, right? And we were, St. Louis was a great three, three and a half years of my life, yeah. Yeah, so that, that would be our connection because I actually lived in St. Louis for five years. Did. So going with that, we're going to ask, uh, <laughs> I'm right, going to ask the St. Louis questions. <laughs> Let's go. And then Migs will, Migs will alternate. But the Let's first go. question I have for you, since you did live there for a couple years, mm -hmm is named the most popular pizza company in St. Louis. Okay, I think I feel good enough to say this, Emo's. Emo's is the correct answer. I did live there, I promise you I did live there. Wow. So for those of you who don't know what Emo's is, it's yeah, what is uh, that? like thin crust pizza, oh, they use a different okay. type of cheese. Okay. Uh, provolone, is that, is that what it was? Pro, uh, yeah, provolone cheese. I, okay. That was the first time I had genuine good thin crust pizza. Did you, I don't like Emo's. But everybody over there just loves Emos. I'm not a huge fan. I just don't like the provolone. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's too thick or yep. something, but I'm just not a fan. But if you live on St. Louis, it's All like a it. cult following <laughs> yeah. out there. So great job Boom. answering the first question. All right. All right. Here we go. Question number two. Okay, here we go. Nick, I'm going to ask you a Cambodian question because <laughs> we're dating Cambodians, okay. right? Yep. Um, you know, Nick's part yeah. Asian. So uh, I like to think so. What? American fast food retailer, right? Think of fast food, right? Like retailer has the largest footprint in Cambodia. This should be easy. I don't know. I have two choices. Can I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I think it's either Starbucks or McDonald's. Okay. So wrong on both. 
But good guess on. <laughs> so okay, it's funny. Me, educate me. There's right now. I'm reading this thing. Cambodia is one of the very few countries in the world where there isn't a McDonald's. Can you believe that? They literally banned them. Like it's just. Not I allowed. guess. Yeah. And KFC is actually bleeding money in Cambodia. Oh my gosh. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so not Starbucks. What? It's KFC. It's KFC? Yeah. KFC. It's just they're just bleeding money. Well, we love chicken out here. You know, yeah, I'm like massive chicken. 100%. Fan. This is literally, I would eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. 100%. That's crazy, man. And snack. is not there. I did not believe that. Yeah. yeah I don't. Means I literally just read it right now. <laughs> huh. I literally just popped this up. Because my next question is going to be hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Nick. Uh, so right, another too. St. Louis question for you. Right. So in 1904... St. Louis opened uh, its doors to the world for the St. Louis World's Fair. Have you been to the park there where they have the uh, St. Louis World's Fair? Um, I've driven by it. Okay, Close perfect. Okay. There are many foods that were invented there that are staples today. Mm. Name one of them. Gooey butter cake. Ooh, Gooey is butter is cake. That, is that a right is, answer? Is, it, wow. is, it is one of them. Yes, it is. Gentlemen, wow. I, I, and there's a few other ones that actually uh, got created there. Ice cream cone. Iced oh. tea, hot dog, hamburgers, peanut butter, cotton candy, the club sandwich, puff rice, Dr. Pepper, and bottled water. Unbelievable. We're all from all uh, that? Yeah. It, it, it's a worldwide. No, uh, yeah. Right? People know. across the world would come out That's to, pretty to show their inventions and all that. So. Wow, why would they choose St. Maybe because it's, it's right in the middle. It's right in the middle. middle. Yeah. 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 That's why Budweiser's. That's where their hub is. Yeah. Because they can get distribution so quickly. Yep. I used to go there a lot and get the free tokens after the tour and just drink the beers. All day. All day. Okay. Great job. Great job. Here's the here's the question. All right. Um, I got it from your future wife. Mm. Um, Hopefully she is after this answer. Yeah. <laughs> How did you ask Shanice to be your girlfriend? Oh, I don't even know. I think this might actually be a trick question because she's probably going to say, you never asked me to be Okay. Um but I, I would like to quote that. I think this happened at her pl- at her house. Uh huh. Um, and it was just very casual. Okay. And it just like wasn't it, as it like impactful happened. for her as it is. And actually, if you, it might be a trick question. I don't think I ever did ask her to be my girlfriend. And the answer is that is ve- that is correct. No, it is. Yes. <laughs> wow, you survived, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she said, "Answer, he didn't." So if he makes something up, then he lying. <laughs> future wife. Potential future wife is still in the plan. It's still in the plan right no. there. Great job. Can't you put me on spot like that. You did me like that. Last awesome. Question. So last question for you, since you did go to SLU. What is a billiken? Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know what it is. Can you explain? So a billiken, if you look at it as right now without having any background, it looks like a chubby blue Buddha devil. Yes. <laughs> like those, all those words are in your mind. Right? Yes. I know it is, but... Technically, it was after one of our older coaches who was a little bit on the rounder side. Um, and he was, I think it was Rick Majerus, I think it's like a longer name. Um, and it was a good luck charm that someone just created out of nothing. It, it, there's no like past history and it just kind of stuck. So we're going to give that wow. to you. Give that to you. So a little this history on that. Good. I'm very excited. The wow. Billiken was first brought into the world in 1908 by Kansas City, Missouri teacher and illustrator Florence Pretz. Ooh. It is considered a good luck charm similar to a rabbit's foot. Um, wow. You can also find these figures actually in Japan. 
as well. Uh, well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it originated here though, and but, then but we could, yeah, they get that's you would think the just the other way around. But look at that. We bring facts, history, trivia to you all in one place. Kick spot. <laughs> oh this was incredible. I think. And then that's that's the episode. And that's, that's the episode. We're <laughs> and no. we're done. But um, no, I wanted to introduce my boy here. So again, um, that was fun, Nick. Thank you for uh, kind of entertaining us with with your answers. Glad I won. Uh, <laughs> four out of five. That's pretty good. That's five out of five. That's probably one. Of uh, the I'm first. sorry, five out of five. I forgot that he got my question correct. I forgot. Um, but for for our listeners and our viewers out there, uh, Nick Shackford actually is. Uh, a creative agency owner yep. and he also is an e-commerce brand specialist and what he will um, enlighten us today is what that really entails and what that means and what he does um, I think he's got a big role when it comes to you know Facebook ads social media and how a company really grows their business and he's gonna shed a lot of light for us we're gonna go into a three-part series with him we're gonna break it down for you guys and right now what he's gonna do is gonna give a background about himself and then we'll go from there. Appreciate that. Thank you for the floor. Cool. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Go mm-hmm. for it. So what Migs was alluding to on the, on the e-commerce side and building brands, social media, paid media, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, my background is as simple as I sell physical goods online through advertisements, Facebook, Instagram, a little bit of Snap, TikTok we're learning about, um, okay. and we sell physical goods. So in our space, we're focused on brands that you love, that you follow, the shirts that you follow, um, the shoes that you want. We're behind the, the consumer psychology of convincing someone to buy our things or the brands that we work with, their things. Um, and so I've been doing this for about eight years, but it, it wasn't always like that. I think this is this is all the years in the coming. Yeah, like yeah, we're, yeah. we're in it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah. real good. But before, it definitely wasn't. You knew me for, of course. for the very beginning. So wait, if I were to answer simply, we help brands grow, we help brands grow online, scale, spend, spend as much money as they can to acquire more customers. Hopefully that grows their business for so. So how did you stumble upon? Because I, the way I knew Mr. Shackleford is he was like he was playing for the Galaxy. Like that was like one of the first things, right? He was recruited a soccer star, got recruited to play for the Galaxy as as their goalie. Yep. And then next thing you know, I he comes home. I come to find out hey, wait, what you're doing. What like <laughs> brand? What e-commerce? Yeah. Apple? What? So how did you go from? I'll back you know, it up. Yeah. I'll back, back it up. Yeah, yeah, and give us a background. So the dream was always to be a pro soccer player. I think when you grow up, you have you want to be a music star, you want to be an actor, you want to be a pro. Right. Um, pro was the goal. That was what I wanted, and I focused for it. And then as soon as I graduated from St. Louis, the, all the building questions why Gino and I have that, that in common is that is where I got the opportunity to actually show I can perform. My home team is LA Galaxy, so I've I sent in a highlight tape. You could actually find it today, like Nick Shock highlight. Oh, really? Oh, it's right. still it's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube. It's on the tube. It's on the tube. <laughs> and you can see, like even back then, like, I was having to make an advertisement to convince a pro team, yeah, to, to hire me, right? Like so, even back then, I was yeah. making an ads for myself. Um, and so I, I made a video. A guy named Luke Fields helped me out. Great, great friend of mine. And they invited me. We played for a little bit, and I got there. And I go, holy, shit, like this is this is what it looks like to be a pro. Yeah. And I actually, it was weird. I don't know if you guys have ever accomplished something. And you got there and you go, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Oh, really? Like, wait, yeah. that, wait this, is, this is how I'm supposed to feel? Like, what am I missing? And it was unfulfilled. It was like ending point, goal. You're there and you're going, F-. Yeah. I know you were traveling a lot, too. Like, you it's were going to point. Europe. Yeah, like that, you were traveling a lot. Like, I barely saw you. You're chasing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You're cha- you, first of all, you're not getting paid. It's soccer. 
So like kind of like minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if there's a minor. The XFL lasted for what? This long? Mm-hmm. So there wasn't even the minors for football. So if you're grinding, looking for contracts, unless you're unless your first team locked in and your deal is solid, you're 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 first division, right? right you're trying right. to find it. Yeah, yep, yep. So even if you have the big name, and so a lot of the, those guys out there that that might be chasing pros, like. It's hard on you. It's hard on your relationship. It's hard on goals because our bodies last for what? 30 till you're 30. Mm-hmm. That's this year, maybe 34. So I was like, I knew no way I was going to make like what I wanted financially or what I was as, as a man to be completely fair because it was selfish, I think. Yeah. So how did you transition yeah. into under, knowing that that's what you want to do? So, you know, as a, as a pro, if you don't get paid a lot, you kind of try to supplement it by doing private lessons or, or high school coaching or club coaching. Yeah. That's the position I was in. I met an individual. Um, her name is Rachel Puepke. And she put me on as she was the woman at the current time working with PepsiCo. So the people that do the syrup in the in the restaurants or they do the bottles yeah. well, on the syrup in the restaurants, you get access to uh, Wahoos and you get access to BJ's. And that's how Pepsi and uh, those work together. Yeah. She was inviting me into meetings and I was learning and I was being an intern on the, the millennial side of the transition of people buying shit online. Like now you actually had to care about your Facebook posts and you had to care about this organic social. You needed to have that presence. Yeah. Well, they didn't understand that, but me speaking as a, as a, as a millennial, they're like, interesting. So you, what your perspective is, we should have a presence here. We should invest in photography. We should invest in events. We should invest in the content to show that we are about you, like mm-hmm. the us, to kind of bring them into the store more. And so my perspective, although I wasn't qualified at all for whatever reason, they were listening. And the tension was there. And so I, was, I, I earned more opportunities to let in, talk. And it all started because I was trying to train her daughter goalkeeping. Mm. Didn't you build an that app? It. Yeah, it's, it's it's a part of the app. It's called Sportsy, which is like the that's tra- right, soccer right. yeah, training yeah, yeah, app, yeah. which is being built again. Now it's still like existing, but not fully off yeah, the ground. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when you showed me. So you, we we were focused on, she gave me opportunity to, to sit in, provide value. I took the chance. Um, and then I just didn't stop. Like you can even ask Shanice this. Where was, there was a point where I was like, there was no money. Yeah. Like yeah, we, yeah. I lived at her house. Yeah, for, I know. How, was it four years? Four years. Four years lived at her house, mm-hmm. trying to just figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, and things just started clicking. Pepsi led me right into um, Rachel's niece. I was on full round, which is like the building right next door to us, right where we are, and she was leading Apple's paid social global approach, and I was not qualified, but I knew Facebook. And then. You went, okay. You can only check what happens next, right? Earn the opportunity and learning about that at that scale, spending that much money. Bro, this is like, first of all, Apple wasn't even doing campaigns to get you to upgrade phones yet. Like that was just the beginning of this 2017. Wow. So they weren't doing any promos. They were just taking, really? all, taking all the content off their, because they had the dope commercials. Yeah, the colors, that's all the they switching, had. The changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just chopped it up, sent it to us on Facebook, and we distributed it. So it wasn't unique yet. And it was it was so cool to be in there going like, all right, that's a TV spot. Here's your 15 second spot. Oh, by the way, this is gonna go on the billboard. All this stuff needs to go live on Thursday because campaign goes live on Friday. But if you're in Japan or if you're in APAC or, or EMEA, here's when you go live. Huh. So it was like global planning. And that to me was the, the real transition of going like, oh shit, Facebook, this is real. Because huh. at that time you guys weren't even thinking about no, we how I can buy stuff online. No. Neither was I. It was, it was all brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Stores. Oh, Stores. I can't wait to go to. I can go to the house. Apple store when they release the phones and wait in the two hour line that's over there. And, I'm, and be excited. Yeah, and be excited. <laughs> I got my new iPhone. Right. No one was thinking, oh, I'm going I'm to yeah. actually sit in line. Oh, no, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to buy this. And even, even brands weren't doing 
too many drops. I think even Supreme, I think even like Palace, these early guys weren't doing too many drops at that point. Mm -hmm. I think so, maybe even Pink Dolphin was doing it, but. So how did, how did you build up that credibility? I mean, if I'm looking at it from an Apple standpoint and I see someone, Nick, yeah. I'm like, what is this guy gonna bring? You know, and how much revenue is he actually gonna generate with his ideas? Mm -hmm. How did these companies trust you out of anybody that's out there? That's a fantastic question. I think at the at the Apple level, they don't just take on an individual and expect a lot from him by himself. I was a I was an individual on a team of maybe nine. And so being led by there's this was true agency. This was like true agency work um, that had teams and plans quarterly and, and, and yearly. And we were led by Alizon. So I was an important piece in the campaigns in Europe and campaigns in, in JPAC. Huge. but not leading it right uh -huh. so i was able to learn on her team of how the dynamics worked not have to have everything on our shoulders or my shoulders specifically because i wasn't the best yet but i was learning how to do that oh that's awesome then after i kept working i realized like first of all two things that's tough to be this pace in which apple moves with how big of a team is like it's never non-stop yeah it's kind of a grind unless you're into that unless you're like i think i really want to be a part of this agency big brand world it grinds you down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I made the understanding. I, I didn't think I wanted to do it as long. Mm -hmm. And pardon, fast forward to a little bit today is where the fidget spinner popped off. Yeah. Fidgetly. Yeah, tell about that. That yeah. happened right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask that. you about that because the fidget spinner, when I was researching this, so my friend actually made a killing off of it only because he bootlegged it <laughs> in China. Um, Smart. He, just, just within a few months, he made 50,000 net. Um, and... It literally was, he would find things that were just popping off. Mm -hmm. He'd go to China real quick, manufacture it, and then just drop shit yep. right through Amazon. So yep. he was making so much money off of it. But when I was researching it, it was really invented by like a lady and then she lost her patent because it, ex it, it expired. And then other people took it and then ended up, you know, exploding it. So yeah. Mix told me that you had something with the fidget spinner. So I'm very. I thought he invented it. Yeah, I was. I was like, <laughs> so did you take a patent and then you know create it to become bigger? Like what? What? what like how did that all? Yeah, come about? it's an unbelievable story. So if you look at the patent that she had, did you see the picture of which what it was? Yeah. So it doesn't actually look like the modern day fidget spinner. Yeah. yeah. It more looks like a finger top. Yep. Oh, so, it was just like a like a spinner for like a finger. It, it was just yeah. like it, okay. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, okay. If I saw a Q-tip, I call it a Q-tip. Right. Like, that's what it looks like. Yeah. This looked like a finger top. Yeah. To me and so she actually patents on products like that are specific to like the use or specific to the style or specific to the design so you can kind of patent various elements of this we definitely didn't create it that's for damn sure but there were people that were doing this actually more genius than her idea 3d printing it and then oh. making their own models and styles interesting yeah oh. so back at that time uh, Jake was really into growing accounts. So we had four or five like large Instagram accounts and we were selling ad space. Brands want to market with us. That's yeah. the That was like the true beginning of Structured Social. And we saw part of that was a bot called like a follow liker where it would follow and like and you'd grow your account. Like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. bought it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got liked by an account that was selling 3D printed tops. And I was like, what? Jake was like, what is this? Yeah. What? Clicked into it and he goes like, wait. I'm seeing these everywhere. These are trending right now. So he saw that kind of like your buddy that found yeah. really cool, cool things, probably what we did. And Jake found out that he can find the manufacturer from Alibaba, mm, got yeah. indirect connected with it, yeah. 
started patenting parts of the like the add-on so we had caps on ours yeah so that cap for the finger was like we call it like a, a like a trick top or whatever thing to brand it so that you can you could pay extra yeah we're spending they're they buying for these like 30 bucks we were definitely not getting it for 30 dollars, right yeah, yeah, we had yeah. massive margins on it yeah. so we we took a completely different spin on it and where people kind of fucked up with is they did they called it fidget spinners like something fidget spinners well fidget spinners isn't like brandable fidget lee Brandable. Brandable. Yeah. Oh, fidget Lee was the name that people bought into. They're like, no, 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 that's not a fidget spinner. That's a fidget Lee. Interesting. The same thing as a Q-tip. Like, oh, I can go ear swabs, but I want the brand Q-tip. Q-tip. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so we, Jake was, Jake is all, all this guy's brain. We were just park, uh, packaged it well and I knew Facebook. And this is like the true, that's just when I left Apple and go like, holy shit, I knew Facebook was important at Apple, but now I knew Facebook was important for like individual revenue growth. Like the hundreds of thousands that we did in the first month, like, oh fuck, like this is real. And so now at that point, like, okay, we built this. This is something that we can finally do. Are we lucky enough to do it again? Uh -huh. We stayed with it. And down the street to the right where WeWork is, that was our first office. Oh, Jake was in Missouri. Pull this out. Jake was a goalkeeper in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just began um, working with each other, learning how, how things work. Jake's 24. Oh, interesting. 29. So we've been doing this for seven years. And so this kid was so special. I was like, okay, let's, let's see how badass this guy can go. Flew him out here, drove him from San Diego to LA, had a couple meetings. Now we have a legitimate company, legitimate business. We partnered with someone to get us financing to get more inventory because yeah. we were getting fucked. We were selling too many, had to come back. <clears throat> wow. Fast forward to the end of Fidgetly, we ended up not understanding equity distributions, not understanding uh, who to partner with and when, and when you actually need to take on capital. And can we just reinvest the, the profits or reinvest the revenue that we're driving? Yeah. That was the number one education that we realized like, oh fuck, we did this wrong. What's next? Yeah. Kind of pushes today is for the last six, seven years, I wouldn't say fully eight because the first one was learning. We've worked with 150 brands, brands that are just not selling digital things, products, cups, phones, phone cases. Like we work with DDC, direct to consumer brands and you name it from baby to, to to bathing suits to lingerie to shampoo you showed us like you know shampoo skincare yeah. skincare hats, shirts all of it leggings like we we were we've done it all for a very long time so that's that's perspective is like fast forward to to even further today we just got through the pandemic i know we're going i'm going quick through this but that progression of the growth of apple to fidget spinner fidget spinner to brands to to now creative mm -hmm. that's as quick as it internet is it's so you yeah i think anybody that that is in if, if you're getting like inventory obviously the the financial statement is always important so did you hire somebody to look at your income, income statements balance sheets like how did you oh, learn yeah. from that that process oh and i first i knew i was never going to be able to handle any of this or or was money to me is still like a, a weird subject just uh -huh. because of just past experiences yeah so i purposely choose to not have that on my shoulders so we i outsource that to, to someone much smarter than me okay. as quick as possible so i can't speak too much perfect okay so you want to talk about um i know you you and i kind of mentioned something about your new company constant creative yeah. um i know i don't know how new that is you know yeah. it, it, it seems you seem just lit up right when i said that name you know it's like oh yeah of course so can you give you know our audience a little bit of background of what you created with constant creative sure <clears throat> We, with the brands we have, the number one change that Facebook or all these new platforms are providing us is you have to have more content, more creative. That's why you guys are creating this. Mm -hmm. right? But the more you put out, the, the more these platforms favor you. So with Constant Creative, they, 
the pandemic didn't allow people to do shoots. Like we're in a beautiful studio right now. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's Thank hard. you for letting us have some, some of this. <laughs> you can check it. But you can't shoot, nobody wants to come in. Models don't want to talk, yep. they don't yep. want to come close. Yep. So it's really hard to get it done. But what, what you can do is hire workers that are in other parts of the country or workers that are in other parts of the world. And so we've, we found a great opportunity to educate brands that don't know how to access designers at, at very high levels that know performance marketing because we, we create ads to sell things. We don't create ads to make it look pretty, like the difference between branded and, uh, and direct response, right? So we, we know there's an element of direct response with, uh, with a little bit of rotation into the brands. And so Constant Creative allows brands to find designers that know how to make ads that convert. And so the constant part of it is you get it as much as you need. You can log in, um, request ads for upcoming holidays or upcoming events, mm -hmm. and we'll be able to make it within 48 hours. So the entire content. So from like photo shoots, video within 48 hours. Good question. Good question. So it's only you have to provide us the raw or the assets already done, and then we can form it into the ads. We can't pick up and shoot a camera. Uh -huh. That that would be like separate, mainly because you can't get quality content that cost effective. Okay. In, in that quick of time. So if we wanted to have like our ad space, right? Like let's say we want to put an ad for this episode. Right. So and they, we give you guys our raw footage. Yeah. And then so you you have your team just create and then makes here's the final piece. Boom. What do you think? Boom. It, almost exactly like that. You go, here's what I want. Here's a little bit what, I'm, what we're looking for. I want to highlight the beginning, the middle, the end. I want to highlight us setting it up. I want to speed it up. And then we'll do the all transitions, the text overlay, the... Uh, the branding that you guys have, like we love black, yellow. Um, these are these are the things that we make sure it has to have. The guys will get it done. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So you guys want to spend the time, like in your minds, you'll be able to create. Like, okay, I know I want it to be engaging. I know I want it to have these elements. Definitely get the intro. We don't really care too much about the out outro, mm -hmm. but find important parts during the middle of it. Joe will work with our designers that really actually can deliver a piece that you couldn't articulate clearly. Because he already knows the space so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And right when you and I were talking about, you know, doing this and you kind of threw an idea to me and you were like, we could probably help you guys out. Like, you know, when you guys are ready, when it comes to putting you guys' um, content together as yeah. far as the visuals of it. I was like, that would be amazing. You know, it's just I needed to understand more on what exactly Content Creative does. And you pretty much put a perfect definition of it and what you guys actually do. So Absolutely. thank you for that. Um but what we're going to do, because we want to talk about more of the tactical piece of yeah, what you I do. I think that's what most people are, are wondering yeah, right now. The analytics. Too, as, as they're, you know, obviously remotely working from home and they're using their social media sites. Mm -hmm. They obviously want to grow that that industry as yep, well. Yep. And so we're going to kind of nitpick at some of the, the tactics uh, behind how to grow like your Instagram or yeah, Facebook. Yeah, just and, your brand itself. And all that too. And, and I want I, me personally, being a musician from the past, like, mm -hmm. I want to know the differences between past marketing versus current yeah, marketing. Yep. So when we come back, we'll go over that. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. We'll come back soon. You are listening to Kickspot. You are listening to Kickspot. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Part two of episode with Nick Shackleford, um, Mr. Creative Agency owner slash e-commerce brand specialist slash future husband slash dog dad you know and <laughs> every and all the above you know so by the way he's got two beautiful beautiful dogs at home shout, shout out to luca and levi follow them on instagram <laughs> <laughs>
sponsorships. <laughs> come on, PetSmart, PetsGo, come on. Hey, you're their dad. You know how to build their brand, so go ahead. <laughs> they like treats and ropes. <laughs> so um, what we're going to talk about in part two is very, very um, good subject, I think, for, for all of us and for our listeners. I think it's a very educational uh, piece of it all. Uh, we are going to talk about the tactical piece of Nick's industry. And what I mean by tactical, uh, we are going to talk about how to build a brand um, and how to build your business. Mm-hmm. Also, we are going to shed some light on trends, analytics, and some of Nick's you know, competition out there and what makes their company different than the rest. So, Gino, go ahead. Yeah, so Nick, um, so as a musician... An old school music, musician, I should say. Um, you know, I I struggled with building my brand. I think when Migs and I are talking nowadays, I'm like, man, just building up Kickspot. Like, I didn't have to go through that type of experience back in the day. So, as far as for me, when I was promoting myself, I was at the the malls, local malls, like slinging CDs, like getting people to listen to my music, and I put it in their ear, and I'd be like, hey, what do you think? And if they said it was bad, I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't like that artist anyway. Yeah, take it away real quick, yeah. you know. But if they said it was good, I'd be like, oh, that's me, ten dollars yeah. an album, right? So I'm just advertising myself, and then during that time, the MySpace craze came in, and you know, now there's so many social media sources, so. From the past marketing experience, I think I kind of mastered that part of it. But then the new school is so much more, you know, busy. It's just crazy. So guide us through the differences between past marketing from your experience versus now. Yeah, this is, I think I came into it right at the end of the past marketing. Like the, the in-person pop-ups, the, the physical experiences, like that's where we were originating at right you wanted a brand to create a space mm. go to that space you experience it you buy it in store they kind of had like come on there's some of their stands right yeah there you go boom boom much better yeah yeah okay, way cool. better so the past marketing right you want an experience you want an in-person experience you had to spend money on that you had to build it build the sets and right when we realized it's not as efficient as putting up an ad online and those same people you got to get to convince to come to that place mm-hmm. or when you're at the mall you only get that subset you only get that area yeah it's hard to reach more people mm-hmm. so when you go online we were able to to really distribute a message quicker more effectively to the people that need to hear it which is essentially there's really good targeting really good marketing right that's why facebook um, google twitter all these brands or platforms that grew so quickly is because they give you the ability to send a specific message to a specific consumer hoping that they take that specific action that you want, whether yeah. it's listen to your songs or sign up for this interview or, or purchase this product. Yeah. It's the perfect way of getting in front of the right people that would actually enjoy or want that product. Right. Yeah. And so on, on digital, like all online, the, the reason why everything is working right now is it's so smart. Like the, the, at the past it used to be, okay, I need to build specific products with specific copy or, or words specific people in it to hit the right person and then choose an audience like i need to go towards people that enjoy shoes in this state or this region and you put that message right there Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it as much anymore you can go what we call broad in the industry for everybody we wanted to this one piece of creative for everybody to see and then off of that depending on the the reactions depending on the the shares depending on the purchases depending on the clicks really right we adjust from that Mm -hmm. 
So let's say I am a brand new business um, and I'm looking just to market myself. Mm. How do I, I, I mean, how do I grow my business? Yeah, I think and you can do it, really. You can do it from a personal standpoint, a personal brand, like, a, like one of us, like we're all growing our brand or an actual business. You have to define like what you stand for, right? If you are, you guys relate to like, who's your audience? I'll ask you, Kickspot, like who's your audience? Would you be able to narrow it down to like three people or three uh, personas? Once you narrow it down to those, take a chance. What, what would you say they would be? I would say Asian American. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. People that like the development leadership mm -hmm. cool. wise. Um, and then just people that like current events. Like Perfect. Pop, like popular stuff. Yeah. So those three pillars or those three like personas, even within them, there's a lot of things you can break down. So even if you target the Asian Americans, right? Yeah. You don't want to understand within the Asian American community, do they want to hear more about um, how to be, how to connect with more Asian Americans? That's a theme within that theme. Or do they want to okay. learn about what, what's culturally relevant specifically to that public or that population? That's another theme within that theme. All of those for us in, in building a business, if you create the content around it that provides some benefit, provides some, what we all say, like provide value, they're going to be like, I, I feel as though I need to pay you back by purchasing that product from you. Because what you're talking about, what you're servicing, what you're, what you're putting out there is exactly what I need for whatever reason. So if, I, if you're um, going more in depth, like, is it through Facebook, like, or Instagram hashtags? Is it like paid mm. sponsorship? Like, yeah, guide me through that. Yeah, that's like a, an example. It's yeah. a good question yeah. because now you guys are talking about organic versus the paid side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So on the organic side, you, you're trying not to spend as much money at, as possible, right? You're trying to create the content that's going to exist evergreen or all the time. Uh -huh. So organic, you're creating specific creative for, listen, you guys talk about those three topics. Well, you might find out that creative that does best for the Asian American group. That's the type of content you get all the response from, all the reactions from. You can probably make more of that. Yeah. Right? If I'm a business and I'm trying to sell to, um, I'm trying to sell sheets and these sheets stand for they're antimicrobial, so they never get dirty. They always smell fresh, and you don't have to wash them as much. Mm -hmm. right? Those are three different areas. I might be able to speak to the mother that doesn't want to wash it as right. much for her children. Yeah, yeah. Or I can speak it to the college kid. He's like, I'm only going to wash my sheets yeah, once. Yeah. yeah. Right? Those are the type of styles that we have to include in selling that product. Um, okay. So the, all that allows us to, once we realize, okay, this brand speaks specifically to these demographics, now it's on us to position and write words that convince you to buy. Hey, are you... Do you have two children and your mother of your mother of two? Um, you're busy and you also work. I know that during times like these, you don't want to spend all your day yeah. um, doing the doing the sheets consistently. Guess what? You don't have to wash those as much. They're going to stay fresh twice as long. So you you're actually going to save money on not having to wash your clothes or uh, wash your sheets as much. Plus, you don't have to waste the time to actually go fold them and, and put it back on the bed. Mm. Use our sheets over these sheets. So are you creating like video content on that? Or is, it, or is it just like just social media like bulletins like what, what are you doing yeah it's it's images it's videos it's diagrams anything to communicate the message right i think an image can can serve differently like if you talk about the, the way that facebook works there's inventory and they have different types of long-form videos short-form videos tall skinny like the, all the you have a four by four image you have a 16 by nine hmm. or sorry nine by 16 you have 1080 by 1080, that's just, which is a one-to-one, -one. all these different types of formats. Mm -hmm. That'll fit your feed differently because Facebook or Instagram knows how you're acting with that image or video or still. Like, are you sharing these more often? Maybe you might share images more often. Check your feed. 
you're probably getting more images than videos. That's super interesting. That's interesting. It's the same way for the ads, right? If you're in an ad and you start getting a four by five, a really tall image that takes up the whole phone and the brand or Facebook knows the, the, the likelihood of me making a purchase after seeing that, you're going to start getting a lot more of those. That is super Because it's learning how your behavior is. That is very is. true though. That's Haven't very, you ever, you guys ever been weird? Are you, like, we'll talk about, oh, I really hope we get um, some chicken later today. I think this is a great Paul great spot by my house called Wingferno. Um, all of a sudden we're going to start getting like chicken ads and we're going to start yeah, seeing Yeah, I was just talking it. to him earlier yeah. today. I was like, I was listening to a particular artist on Spotify. I'm driving, right? Okay. And this is in, this is just happened today. Listening to an artist, like, and then I go on Instagram, right? And then literally I click on a page and this particular person is following that particular artist. I was like, <laughs> I was like, is that a coincidence or is that literally Instagram algorithm working, you know, like Instagram God just like working against my favor and like knowing what I'm doing. Like literally, I was, and while I'm listening to the artist in my car and I'm looking at pages on Instagram, I shouldn't be driving and looking at pages <laughs> yeah, on Instagram, you know, but it was just weird that like we were following the same person that I'm listening to on the radio right now. Yeah. No, this is, this is why TikTok's in such, and we can go down this path when we go towards like what we believe in the future. Yeah. TikTok's getting all this issues from yeah. privacy laws, yep. right? Yep. But so is Facebook. All, I mean, always, always, always. Instagram, but every one of them. Think about it from two perspectives. First, on the consumer side, if I am using, so if I'm using the platform. Okay. And I'm just logging in. Like I don't log in going like, oh fuck, I hope I have to, I hope I buy something today. Like I don't log in going, yeah. I hope to God I buy a really nice knife. Yeah. From, a, from something. Okay, but I also I see a piece of content that I really engage with. I like it and I purchase it because I've been talking to my chick about I need we need new knives. Like this is really dull. Like this is not these are ugly. Whatever reason I'm giving Facebook or whoever around me the knowledge that I am actually in the in I'm actually looking to buy this and I get it and then I buy it. That's a good experience. I want that. There are, there are also issues with like companies messing up their algorithm. So I remember, I think it was Walgreens or, or Target or something. Um, they got it so wrong that they were sending out, I think it was like condoms to- um, I know the story. Like 10 year old girls or something like that. It was what? something. Yeah, cause they messed up so bad with their algorithm. Oh, okay. So all their feeds were like of condoms or like, I don't know. Like On Instagram. Or like, um, pregnancy well. testing and stuff. So they got, they actually got sued for collecting the wrong data. So it could go wrong Got it. in a, in a different sense. So I so I so let, let me ask you then. Can you talk about that specifically as far as analytics, mm. um, and the importance of analytics as a company? And you know, is there a restriction on the type of analytics that you gather? And is there some sort of kind of basic guidelines that you have to follow if you are gathering analytics to? catapult your business yeah, i mean when should you even look at analytics exactly yeah like i think that's shed some light like, on that as we're growing kickspot it's like what i mean we look at analytics what, every yeah day. we're looking yeah. at analytics like yeah. when should we post yeah you know what when's the highest engagement usually like on a monday mondays and us, fridays for us it, it yeah. seems like people are you know working remotely so they're yeah. wanting to listen to something for sure. so that's when I'm, I'm always like mix 9 a.m let's go post something yep. so yep. that we could grow that and then on friday it seems like people are kind of like yeah. you know, checking yeah. out a little bit but they're still listening it, it for us it seems like those two but I mean, we don't have that many followers right now. Right. So when do we take the, the algorithm seriously? 
No, I, I think those are fantastic questions. So let's all try to break it down just so yeah. I can yeah, yeah. hit every topic. So analytics in terms of analyzing your own business. Mm-hmm. And then you, you briefly touched upon restrictions that yeah. brands need to take care of. Yep. So we'll talk about that CCPA, which is what just passed in California. Yep. Um, and then the last thing, what was the last one you brought up? What, when should you look at your own business? Okay. So like when, when do you take that serious yeah. analytic? Okay. So CCPA that just went through, it was actually very recent. It started in January, but it didn't fully take an effect until this month. Can you explain what CCPA is? Absolutely. So it's it's a privacy act that California has put into place to require any any website business brand that's advertising inside of California or to Californians. Uh, so if we get an ad right now, that when we land on your website, we have to fully have a, a process. Me, the brand, has to have a full process in a way of if that user requests all of their data to be deleted, then you can delete it all and have no storage and no no ability to, to past or communicate to them again. So if you land on and you go, hey, I don't want you to remarket or send any messages to me. I need you to delete all my data. I have to send back information how I clearly delete everything. That it's been done. Exactly, which is, is very wild and difficult because mm-hmm. California in itself has Probably one of the largest economies, not just in the states, but in the, in world. the world. Yeah, a lot of money, it's right? Top ten. Yeah. So they're going to be. We need those audiences to send our products back to, or show our products back to, because they buy so much. Mm-hmm. So any any business we have, if you look across sta- uh, United States alone, and so we currently work with a hundred brands. So if we look at the the portfolio of our brands, selling all sorts of things. You have California, Texas, Florida, New York, um, Washington, Oregon, and there's like this this tight little, we call the Bible belt. They always are buying products from us. Mm. It just kind of just migrates there. Well, arguments, more population, maybe they have more surplus cash flow, densely, like more, more people to just sell to in general, right? It usually flows that way. So when you cut off all of California and what it says is we weren't able to send, if, if someone hit our website, Facebook's pixel and the analytics and algorithm isn't able to send another follow-up message, which was usually what we say, like maybe a discount or a new piece of creative to yeah. convince them to buy. Yeah. We couldn't market them anymore. That's interesting. So if you think about, they might be the first movers to take away tracking or take away cookies or take away pix- the pixelation of a consumer that we can no longer send marketing messages to. Until so can terrifying. They, can they retract that back? Like, no, I want to be. I want, I want to get those again. I yeah. want to get the marketing pieces. Yeah, you can say like, hey, I want, I want include me back on your newsletter. Okay. Include me back in your marketing mix. You can, but w- will they do that? I don't think they will. So, okay. If you feel strong enough to, to say, delete me, I don't, I don't know if they're going to want to be like, actually, send me more that, messages. Yeah, yeah. So who, it's interesting to find out. Help me understand this. So is this based off of, let, let's say that you see an Instagram post, then it's, there's supposed to be some type of like unsubscribe? So you're, there? you're talking organic versus paid. If I go off of Instagram or Facebook onto the website, yeah. that's when you have to give them a pop-up that says allow or, or disallow. Okay. On, on like a Facebook site once or you leave Instagram a, site or. No, not even Instagram or Facebook. Once you leave Facebook or Instagram's platform. Oh. Brand, once you get off, off of their platform, once you get off of any owned Instagram or Facebook property, uh-huh. that's when you have to give them the ability to not allow you to market to them. Oh, that's crazy yeah right exactly it's so it's been really tough for for this month specifically yeah. of how do you build new strategies okay now we can't communicate to california we can't track it what does that actually mean for our revenue some brands saw drops of 65 percent of of our, our market I bet. Spend. I bet. crazy that's crazy. so so that's the analytics side we talked about the ccpa that's what we're going through 
the tracking and eventually people like Apple is doing this now, Safari is doing this now on their, on their platform for stopping the pixelation or stopping the ability to track. It's getting more difficult, okay? Which puts an emphasis on us having to be more specific on the creative we make. So in the past, mm. we had to do targeting. In the past, we had to be like really strategic on the account structure uh-huh. or, or our, our campaign structures. Now it's we have to be making deliberate content to speak to a specific consumer so that they can go, I get it. That solves my per- solves my need. I'm gonna make that purchase. Mm. That's where we're at right now in this business. Mm. And so for for you guys, when do I actually look at this the analytics? Or when do I actually look at the marketing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get confused with. Right now, you're looking at small sample sets of data, and you're take you're making big bets on it. Mm-hmm. I believe you guys are, are or any brand starting out, if you're not spending, I'll equate it to dollars being spent. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting, if you're not spending ten thousand dollars on paid ads. You're not necessarily getting statistically relevant enough con- or, or data to make oh, any decisions. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And that, that equates to just users to your site. Like you need to be getting at least twenty-five thousand, at least thirty thousand unique users to your website to start getting some data. Like, okay, these pages get hit most often. Let's see if we move this up a little bit or make this this button bigger to get to to get maybe they click this more often because it seems like they like this better. Yeah, it's crazy because when I look at our statistics on our YouTube page. I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, let me, I think I can scale it even though it's a small sample size. And then you turn around, we release a, a, a new episode and you go, wait, how did, how did this one episode that we felt like was, was going to be really good content better than the, the new one that we just did, but it got l- way less hits than other episodes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can't get caught up on scaling at the moment because there's nothing to scale. It's just in, and for, to your point. It's just building it organically at the moment yeah. until we can actually physically scale. Exactly, because yeah. you, you're you're making bets on. Okay, we just did this one talk, and I used a certain image that you love making those the YouTube specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reach out. Well, if you make consistent ones, like oh, all the red ones are getting clicked more, but all the red ones are being posted on Tuesday. So maybe it's Tuesday that's making them watch more mm-hmm. versus the red. You don't have enough of those. Yeah, it really commonalities. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to make a decision. Same thing with ads. We always say you have to buy that data. So a brand that we, we, we begin working with, they always go, how much money do I need to, to figure this out? I go, okay, the more cash you have, the more opportunities you have to test at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So say if I have 10 grand, okay, we're, the way we're gonna set up our budget is we'll spend two grand on each persona that we define, right? Mom angle, children angle, the nanny angle, if we're selling those sheets. And then we have enough money to spend and whatever performs best out of that, which even if we break that down, we have to make videos, images, copy, specific, test it, evaluate what happens after two grand, and we go, okay, listen, we didn't learn too, too much because we only spent a certain amount of money, but what did we learn from what we just did and how can we make something better next? That's why we have constant creative. Because you run a massive campaign, you invest thousands of dollars into a photo or content shoot, you're like, fuck, how do I repurpose this? Right, exactly. I definitely did not get my money's worth out of this. But I, I do believe these two clips are good and let's use our hero image and let's put some some transitions in and let's repurpose it. Mm-hmm. Then you start taking like the sound bites of like this 30 second of Asian American, we love them, blah, blah, blah. Chop that, run it and go, how many clicks or how many, how much, how much learnings do we get from this? And then you go cultural or statistical or, or analytical learning, run that, do we get more clicks there? Nope, not as much. Okay, we go back to the Asian American. So from our from our perspective of Kickspot, if we use constant creative yeah. to like to let's say build uh, you know content for us, right? Are you guys able to tell us 
like the click-throughs and, and all of the analytics that we need, like, are you guys able to pull that and send those reports to us? Oh, you do that yourself. Because oh, okay. you, you'll set up it in your own campaign, in your, right, own, right. in your own ad account. And so you'll have all the data in front of you. So you, yeah, before you leave, I'll even show you guys like what it looks like on the back end. Like you as consumers are seeing like these ads, but I'll be like, oh, you want to see what actually right, happens? happens. Yeah, 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 I'll show you what that looks okay, like. Okay, that's yeah. great. So be, be, us as a consumers, all we see is, oh, I talked about this two days ago. How the heck is it in front of me now? <laughs> yeah. Click that. Or two hours ago. Yeah, even weirder. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I just got out of the car. What is this? You just see as though someone's listening or you did something in the past and you clicked on it. But us, we're timing when that goes out, how much money we're spending to get into how many auctions for people to to actually make a purchase eventually to us. Mm. It's crazy how it ties in. Yeah. Mm. So let's just say, for example, I am a brand new person that wants to grow my Instagram page. Okay. Um, I think it's just statistically what Instagram is the number one place for people to look at pictures. I, I think that's what I've been told. Um, and uh, let's say my name is Migs and I love my walking down the stairs uh, poses, looking, away. Yeah, yeah, looking yeah. away or whatever, just walking down the stairs. But I want to be the that. future Instagram model. Right. And I don't Which have you know any he wants money. to do. Yeah, he, of course. And <laughs> I, why I, am I being put on blast <laughs> right now? And I don't have any money to spend. Which we know he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so, <laughs> so this is this is good. Um, how do I, as Miguel Fajardo, right, um, full name, grow my Instagram page without paying somebody? What are what are the top three things I should be doing to just grow my own? Male model. I, I love Instagram how you guys just had to emphasize page. male model. Oh, hard stop. Instagram. Model. Follow my Instagram. <laughs> at, at right here. Just my at, click below. You might as well just discontinue <laughs> your Instagram. It's no. never going to grow. <laughs> so he, he needs to find out what type of content is going to resonate the most. Right. So he, we do know he does love a good look down pose. Wow. Okay. You guys know me strong. really well. Okay. So <laughs> that game's strong. Okay. Boom. So he might, he might be able to get whatever in that picture. And if he starts noticing like, oh, whoa. Not just I like it, but all these other people like it. Uh -huh. Guys and girls, more guys, less what, girls. Yeah, right. obviously, see, like okay. eighty-year-olds. So men, I saw that check analytic. So if that analytic comes through, you're like, oh, that's what people want, and then he starts getting more noticed by brands in that space because he does it so well. Uh -huh. That way, he can start scaling it and get the get get paid through that route, and then he starts figuring out, okay, actually, then when I show shoes all the time, that gets a lot of engagement too. I think I'm going to go down consistently that route. He starts pulling in more attention. Maybe Hickey's reached out to them. Maybe a certain growing brand type that's in the Asian Asian American cultures mm -hmm. area that wants to be a part of what Migs is about. Then now that that pillar's matched, found an audience there. This pillar matched over here with that like look down look, and then maybe he nails it, right? Yeah, I'm gonna and nail so, it all the time. <laughs> and then here now he's he's a persona, and people want to jump on his the platform that he has here, which he's gonna make content. Yeah. Now they may be interested in, in that. So those three things for him might be the way that he needs to continually produce content towards that way the brands that want to be about that or, or people that want to invest in that will continue to follow and hopefully share and, and cash is exchanged so i'm going to elaborate on this as well too right i mean we could use so, kick spot as an example we're going to use no, mix no. as a as a constant example here cool. so let's say those three things are working for me and i am competing against a studlier instagram like real genu right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so oh you now see it's you you see where i'm getting here right so do i consistently just do those three things to in that that was working or do i change my strategy like obviously i'm competing against other male models in the industry as well so how do i 
what, what should I be doing? Do I just continue that route or what, what's your advice? Same as Migs? No, no, no. Let's say Migs uh, finds out the three things, uh, three poses or whatever that he likes that, that obviously he's getting a lot of hits on. Right. But there's also other Instagrams that are obviously growing as, as well too, like Instagram models. Do I, how do I separate myself from doing something different? Do I keep that consistency? Well, it depends what you want to stand for. It depends what, which area you want to go in. Because if he finds out those things constantly work, it's same thing on the brand side, you're just constantly testing. Mm -hmm. It's an iterative process of like, hey, I want to actually be known for the car industry. I want to be actually known for this. You have to think of the idea, come and execute somewhat to highlight that area that you want to go into and see if someone relates to it. Mm. That that's the only way you keep changing because if you get stale and you just go, I'm only known for these type of type, this type of content consistently, that audience is going to drop off. They're going to get bored. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like brands do a new drop. Yeah, or they do a limited edition or they do a collab because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it keeps it fresh. And like, yeah. wow, I love this brand, but they haven't had anything new, so I, I'm not really needing anything different. So what I'm getting from you is that Mix needs to change his poses from time to time to test to, to test it out, which he hasn't really done. That's in a minute why his instagram stayed the same yeah what you're saying i believe okay. that he needs more basketball work right like i think more basketball content as basketball nba starts picking up yeah he's gonna you know that audience is gonna grow because maybe people want a ball or they want to do That's TikTok true. collabs on on dunks or something he, he does have an interesting shot so it, he, he sticks his ass out a little bit so i think that might Get. Grow it as well too, because it's a. I just don't niche. understand how we went through throwing shade at me in so, this show. Oh, we're, we're just we're just uh, talking about uh, testing pe and people that have messed. Oh, up this is analytics. Instagram. Oh, now now it's analytics. Yes. We're analytics. Oh, okay. All people right. that have messed up I in understand. the past, and then how do we make it? Grow I hate both of you. Here. So this is the point. At, the point we're both trying to get at is it's a constant test yes. on the personal side, and it's a constant test on the brand side. But the one thing that you have to all agree upon is you have to do more. You have to make more content. You have Absolutely. to make more edits. Absolutely. So we're going to take a little break right now. What Perfect. I do want to talk about is the future of the industry. Yes. You did bring up TikTok, and I do want to talk yes, about this because I think that, that is a market that people are still trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. But maybe you have some advice on that because I'm like thinking maybe I should start making some renegade dance videos <laughs> to grow All my... Those. And you know my my social media following. So when we come back, we'll talk about all those things. Awesome. You are listening to Kickspot. You are listening to Kickspot. All right, what's going on, Kickspotters? Uh, this is the episode three. Um, if you haven't uh, listened to our first uh, two episodes, uh, we have Nick from Content Creative, uh, the co-founder of Content Creative, really talking about his experiences, um, how he led from being a world-class soccer player, mm -hmm. football as we call it in the world yes, right. uh, to obviously co-founding uh, the business. Um, and then in the second episode, he was giving us some tactics on how to really grow, um, you know, the, the social media and then, you know, how to really monetize that, I guess. And, yeah. you know, make some money if you can. I love that. But um, I, I just even before this, I, I was going to say that one of the big reasons why I was trying to grow my social media was because um, of like, the free branding and, and the sponsorships. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough to one day just, I was running a lot during that time and then randomly Reebok reached out to me and started wow. giving me shoes, but they were running shoes. And I'm like, man, I really want basketball shoes. We're talking about analytics. Then I started posting stuff about me playing basketball and all of a sudden they're like, hey, we got these Allen Iversons Interesting. that we're gonna send you. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? 
And then as Megs and I are doing quote unquote photo shoots, you know, and then I got like <laughs> expressed to reach out to me as well too. So I love like the free stuff that I'm getting as well as, you know, some income yeah. uh, that's coming my way through doing it. But I still don't really know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just posting content just because. Um, yeah, because like, can you take a picture of me in the Reeboks and the Express <laughs> shirts that I just got? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, dude. And so we'll, I'll take a picture of it. And so every month, you know, so far, so it's been over a year since um, I've been getting some free stuff. And then also, you know, they pay me to put stuff on, on yeah. uh, my social media platform. I think that is one of the quote unquote dreams of like really growing the business. But if you want to talk more about kind of the future and uh, I guess the importance of really growing growing your, your channels. Yeah, I think you you did know what you're doing at the time because you knew you loved this type of content. You knew you loved the running. You knew you loved the clothing. You knew you loved um, what you were doing, what you're sharing. And you were hoping that someone out there would see it, send you the product, which they do. They continue to do it and pay you for what you do, what all influencers want, what all brands want, right? If you're going to show the product that you're, the brand's creating, you hopefully want someone to buy it so that you can continue to do it. If you love what you do, you're going to want someone to pay you to do it, right? Yeah. That's the dream. That's what we all strive for. And where the future is going is it's just literally more of that and being more specific to like what you create. Like I believe being very, very intentional with the content you're putting out because everything that you put out sends a message to somebody and you want them to have a response, right? Yeah. Whether it's, I want to continue to follow it. I want to consume your content. I want to buy that product because I think it'll solve something I need in my life. That's the goal of the content creation, right? It's, it's never stopping. It's always going. Um, that's why we created Constant Creative. That's where, where I believe the future is, is less of focusing on like tactics and changes and, and more focusing on speaking to a demographic that needs my thing, mm -hmm. needs to hear something from me. From Gary Vaynerchuk, he knew that entrepreneur group needed to hear that message. So he kept creating content around it. Guess yeah, who's responding true. to it? Yeah. All those entrepreneurs, right? Same with... Um, at Virgil, uh, Virgil Lebeau, right? He is a high-end designer. People follow him, not just for the brands that he works a part of, but for the stuff that he's about. Case in point, right? You I, might, you I might, don't know why I bought this. You might got it be because of the brand off why You might got it because of him. Something inspired you yeah, something about did. that situation yeah. that can to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's going to continue to get even more and more specific, more and more better. And it's funny because we have this debate, right? You guys are, are just about to jump into the space, right? Just yeah. about to jump into the digital world. Mm -hmm. And I have brands that we work with that spend 10 to, to $30 million on advertising wow. a year, right? And they're mama pops in, in California. We just talked about this yesterday. One of our brands sells baby clothes. They did $500,000 in he less showed than, me less in than like, 24 like hours. They jump. Really? Yeah. Just a $500,000 on, she has great products. She does limited edition. She has a community that is bought into it. They have, there's a resale value. Like she built a brand and she was, she's been with us for about three and a half, four years. When we first started, she was spending $5,000 a month, mm -hmm. 5,000 a month. Wow. Right on, on advertising. Yeah. That okay. was like, she okay. was spending five grand okay. across 30 days, which is hundred, maybe a hundred bucks a day. Okay. Right? To a point where we're spending half a million to, to a quarter of a million dollars consistently monthly. And so that growth of like, she's focusing on product. She's, she didn't veer away. She saw like muted matted colors were doing very, very well. She didn't change the brand and go copy somebody else. She was like, no, we're known for very um, flamboyant. We're known for very uh, feminine and we're, we're known for very uh, specific types of products and we're never gonna veer away from it. 
but she created such a buying habit and a cycle of convincing them to come back and buy her and collect her product mm. that you can only hope for as building a brand. What does Jordan do? They have their staple shoes, right? Yeah. But then they do a collab and then they do a little job and then people fight to get that back. Same thing with APL, same thing with Converse, same thing with um, the brand you introduced me to with the heart. Right? Oh, Calm de Garçon. Calm de Garçon. Like yeah. you put me onto that and I was yeah. like, I would love all those hoodies. I love all those shoes. That's yeah. my favorite brand. They do a club with Converse. You're probably going to cop that canvas, yeah. right? Or try to at least if, if you can find it. So that, that is where the focus is, is like building something specific and, and unique to a group of consumers that you know you can satisfy. Mm-hmm. You're going to build a, a, such a strong and, and unique uh, following. Talentless, the Kardashians, anything that those women do, those, those women follow, whether they love the products that they create from Kim and um, Skims to Kylie and her cosmetics to the past stores they had to the apps that they have. Something about them, they the consumer is able to feel part of and then follow along and say, hey, thank you so much for the entertainment or the escapism that you give me or the, the product that you give me. I'm going to buy it from you. That's the exchange. That's how you grow that audience. So like for you guys, as you're going, talking about tactics or talking about business, talking about the Asian culture, like you're going to start finding out you have really strong foothold or really strong experience and connection to these consumers. And you're going to create a bunch more content like that. And you'll grow that, grow that following. It's funny because that was one of my concerns in the beginning when we started this like you know i was kind of up front with genu and i was like hey i think you know i think we have to find a niche you know right away but <laughs> i remember that conversation, remember the conversation? I, was, I was against that so and the only reason why i was asking that because as i learned through our conversation today i didn't have anything to scale it with mm. so but in my head i like to think 10 years ahead already like because i i feel like we were already there that's just the confidence i have about me you know what we what we start with so i felt like okay we can scale right now even though we have no audience you know but um at the same time because what he told me kind of put me off a little bit until i understood because he said why i was like all we need to do is just push out content right now Mm -hmm. like and then we'll figure that out later. Yep. Yeah, and the, and the organic yeah. growth yeah. that I was talking to Migs about was, you know, we talk about so many different things. Exactly, yeah. Let's just put it on paper and just record it and yeah. just, just go with it. And then eventually we'll figure out a market after that. Exactly, yeah. And so it was just us just, it, it's all of our conversations right now too. It's yeah. what we normally talk about in the car or over the phone and stuff. So I just, I wasn't all about, let's just do a basketball segment. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to just do that. Let's kind of diversify it first. So the way we got to your episode mm-hmm. is literally we were on we were on YouTube and I was talking about the analytics that it shows on YouTube. And then we were talking about, oh man, like, remember I told you, I, I called you one day, I was like, man, on Wednesdays, like part two just doesn't get the hits. <laughs> like, you know, as much as part one and three, I was like, right. why is that? And then you were telling me about maybe a couple things could, you know, alter some of that viewing for your audience. And then come to think about it, I goes, well, we can't really scale yet. That was like two, three episodes that I'm looking that into, yeah. you know? So with, with, with Genu, he was like, let's just push out the content as much as possible. And then we'll figure out along the way. And then I was like, hey, you know what? I think, I think we can get Nick to come onto the show and talk about the science behind all of this. Mm. And he's like, who's Nick? It's like uh, <laughs> Shanice's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other sister. Yeah. 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 Um, I was like, oh yeah. It's like, what does he do? I was like, well, he's kind of like a. He's in that. He's like, yeah, he's in that space. <laughs> he's in that space, and you know, he's spoken to thousands of people and and has helped hundreds of brands yeah. catapult themselves. 
And I think it'd be really, really good timing right now to get us some understanding of what we can do for not only for our show, but also for our viewers and for our listeners to help them as well. Yeah. That's how we got to your episode. I, I get it. And that's, that's what this entire discussion has been is like finding your audience, creating the content for your audience and then giving them an opportunity to show how much they're into you guys. Like, right. You go do this live. Think about all the, like how, how these comedians start online and start posting the Paul brothers, Jake Paul, where did they begin? TikTok or sorry, Vine. Vine, like, Vine. They yeah. started creating content. Someone's like, whoa, I think I'm going to give you money to keep doing what you're doing. And then they just blew up. Yeah. You guys in the same space, you have, you know, what you are trying to stand for you as a brand. You're trying to define what you stand for. So someone can exchange money for you to do what you're great at, do what audience you're building. Kind of like the, what happened to Barstool? The call me daddy girls. Yeah, man. That's It blew up. Unbel- when it went unreal and crazy, and crazy. Like follow that story. And that they built a worldwide brand. They were like the second most download next to Joe Rogan. Think about this. Like they came out of nowhere. So they built that audience and now they're worth X amount of dollars. Anybody can do that as long as you're taking the action. Like you're at home right now, right? Well, we can end it with this. Like you're at home right now and you have, listen, if you're a nine to fiver or if you're, or if you're working, you know how much you work. Like you know how much effort you put into on a daily basis. There's extra time that if you set aside and you cared enough, you can build something for yourself. Yeah. Right. It really comes down to we're, we're in still the greatest place in the world. You have the most opportunity yep. hands down in whatever you want to do. I'm on, I'm on career four of 10, right? Like yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, you literally 100%. can do whatever you want. If you feel um, dedicated enough or you have the right motivation or the right people around you, or if you just aren't, you just don't give a shit what people think about you. Yep. Yeah. You can build it. Right. Yeah. What What's hard is when you start putting these things in your mind going, oh, I don't have enough money mm. or, you know, I, I actually don't know how to do that right now. And I don't really want to learn it or I don't want to make, I only have a little bit of money. Do I want to invest in learning it? Yeah. That's the, because I need to eat. Exactly. And I need to pay rent. Or I want right. to go out. Or I, I want to go beers. out. I want to yeah, have yeah. those drinks, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you already can have to sacrifice somewhere yeah. so that you can go, I want more. I, the cheesy quote is sacrifice or, or live now how most people won't for a life that most people aren't able get. to, yep. right? Yep. Somebody learn those lines. So you might put it in now. Um, and we even talked to one of our one of our great employees. Like he, he has a good opportunity with a lot of things in his plate right now. And he's going like, oh, I think I can focus Listen, I, I know that's that's important, but I don't want to put my time into it right now because I need to put focus, time, and effort into something that's, that he feels is more important. But you, if you don't experience it and walk through it, you don't know how to make it better for the next person. Absolutely. Because ultimately, it's on you for that next person to come around yeah, to yeah. know how to do it. So learn it, put the time and effort in to feel it, and then eventually, if, if you're good enough at it, because not everyone's going to win, or if you spend enough time doing it, eventually you will break through. Yeah. Then you have side gig number mm-hmm. one or you have career number two that you're able to build i think that when people go into a side gig that one thing that they're afraid of uh as far as for leaving their nine to five is can i really grow something from scratch especially with um things that are everybody's in the same space mm-hmm. so for example like back in the day if you just if you don't innovate and you're putting newspaper ads then you know obviously you're gonna die you're not you're not gonna survive that's like the blockbuster saying right they didn't innovate and i think one of the struggles now is that people are all consumed in just like the youtube facebook the the main thing that everybody else is doing you talked about jake paul um i mean they grew on vine yeah and they were one of the first pioneers to start it there are a lot of pioneers that started there but we're coming in a space where it's already been created and everybody's competing against each other Mm -hmm. So I guess really two part question here for you. 
what should we be doing? I know you talked a lot about like, you know, branding yourself and all that stuff, but what can we do now? And then I guess the second question to follow up with that is what do you think the trend is going to be so we can jump on that next big thing For so sure. that we can grow? Yeah, that, that's a fantastic question. I think diversification and consistency, if that could be the same word, um, I would do it. So I'll talk about diversification is what you guys are talking about now. Hey, we're going to talk about these things consistently um, and people know they can tune in for it, mm-hmm. right? You know that's every Wednesday part two comes and every Wednesday that part two is like a tactical or main takeaway I can impl- implement in my life now, right? Mm-hmm. That consistency because of your diversification is what's going to make you as a brand stand out. Mm-hmm. And they know I can rely on that post or I can rely on that type of content coming at this time always. Okay. So then you, you the, the, the consumer's like, I believe in them. They're going to be consistent. This is the type of thing that I'm going to learn from them each time. Um, and so that's box checked, right? You be consistent with the diversification of what you're going to be known for. People will be attracted to that. There's no way, there's no other way about that. Um, then you have what's next. So we talked about this earlier with one of my great friends. He, we're taking, we advertise on, on Facebook and Instagram. That's the majority of the budget we spend, but the new platforms like TikTok, you can't ignore, right? There's a lot of people going there. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about it in, in, in the news, which is raising awareness whether it's for, for the right reasons or the wrong, oh, yeah, it's still yeah, growing yeah, awareness. Yeah. It's, it's been the most consistently downloaded app outside of Zoom for the past three months, uh, of, of the last three months. It's worldwide the best, most downloaded app. I don't think best, but most for sure. The If you consume the content on TikTok right now, it's very aggressive. It's very in your face. It's very, what we call in the industry, thumb stopping. That works so, like by nature, that platform is the way it is of like, dancing or things in your place is very relevant. It's very on trend, very present. Yeah. You take that piece of content off and go to our platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Snap, that converts because it's so eye-catching. It's so unique. It's so different. It's so jarring mm-hmm. that people are responding to it. So you guys go like, okay, how can I use this for my advantage? Well, there's a hop, there's a new trend, whether it's like, the, like remember when you like flip the switch or the guy and girl would rotate? Like people were like, oh, this is a trend. Why is this a trend? I don't give a shit why is it trend, but everybody did it. Mm-hmm. Like that went viral. If you guys were doing that with your partners and you tied in the brand somehow, that could be wild, right? That that could be relevant, and you're now jumping on the current trend. The flip the switch challenge. Yeah, but yeah. putting a brand in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's smart. That's genius. Like if I just flip the switch and all of a sudden now you're drinking or you look like a, a bang yeah. bang, bang energy girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like now, like wait, what? That was an advertisement, but that yeah, was on trend. That's exactly. smart. What was this? That's, Exactly. So there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. That's how you jump on it quick and apply it to your immediate audience. You do it. Did that work? No. Okay. Well, maybe I, I believe in this. Let's keep doing it. Maybe I have to change it. So let's say I'm a law firm. Though. I mean, TikTok is. Um, I've I've talked to many like lawyers that that want to grow. Yeah. Their their the presence, but one thing they they talk to me about is like, yeah, TikTok isn't really my demographic, is what what they say. How does a law firm use TikTok TikTok to really grow? Yeah, I think that's you have to understand where your medium is, right? Like, I think TikTok is a is a place for anybody can create content there, but it doesn't mean the the audience there is a buying audience. Yeah. Like right now, there's brands that might do better. They might have a presence somewhere, but they don't. That's not their main strategy. They might repurpose content elsewhere that did well onto that platform, but their main one for that lawyer is arguably going to be Facebook and LinkedIn. Right, because those are the older demographic by nature, by the pool that already lives there, yeah. that you would advertise to. Do I want to be on TikTok? Sure. If I'm to doing bit-sized takeaways, there's a great there's a great guy on on Instagram. His name is Rob Friend Law. He talks about online law and he makes memes 
about the trending topics that go live. And then he does in each meme, it's the headline. The next image is the things that you will learn in the next video he's about to play. Hmm. So he's making content that is specific for that platform. Like maybe on TikTok, he's doing three things that you need to be careful about um, when doing an influencer deal. And then he does the little things. One, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can might do that. Yeah. That's creating the content that's the way the platform needs to con be consumed. It's so really interesting how you shop this stuff. Cause like this video lives on YouTube cause it's nice long form. People go there cause they want to be educated, but then you chop it and do a 15 or two second segments, speed it up. That lives on Instagram. And then make it even more aggressive. Like maybe you zoom into the camera and yeah. it's you two on TikTok yeah, talking yeah. about like, what are we learning today? Facebook branding and scale. Uh, smart. So that one t long form content of YouTube lives everywhere. That's where constant creative comes in. Cause we can chop it to whatever the f you want. You want a square, you want a video, you want an oh, image, you want, okay, a okay. you want, you have this big piece, you give it in. You're like, I know I need to be everywhere, but I'm going to let it live. And we're going to link back to the main thing, Got which it. is the tube. Because you might put the link. What if you guys had a, like a gathering coming up that you were going to sell sponsorships at because you wanted to get your community together? Were you tell like, hey, listen, we're going to do a live thing in Garden Grove. We're about to bring all these uh, Asian food trucks around. And if you want to be a part of it, cool, join in. And you now you grow this large list of people who want to come meet up with you. And then you go back to brands and go, guys, by the way, I have 2,000 Asian Americans yeah. who really want to have Korean barbecue. Yeah. You should pay me to be partnered with this and be the sponsor headline and we're going to eat your food. Oh yeah. You know, when Check. Migs and I went door to door back in, back in our heyday, I always, <laughs> um, I was always adamant about writing tracking sheets. And then I would always tell people, you know what, instead of selling office supplies door to door, we should be selling this data over to big companies and make a crap ton of money off of it. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's yes. a business. And then what hits off Salesforce. Mm. Yep. That's exactly that's what, what they were saying. doing. Exactly what it is. They're CRM. taking all that. Yep. Yes, CRM. Yep. Big old CRM. No, we, but we, we were thinking it. about that like back but 15 years ago. Years years like, I'm like, oh, geez, there's so much data here that I could just, I mean, I was just in K-Town and I'm like, these Korean business owners, I bet they want all oh, data. Oh, man. It's a niche market too, but that's, yeah, that's what we do at a large scale on online, right? Yeah. So I, I, I see you. I see you on and this. So, you know, just to kind of wrap it up for everybody. Um, just give us your next like 12 to 24 months, mm -hmm. like game plan. Like what is next for Nick Shack Fording constant creative? Gotcha. So we, so we have three things. So we have geek out education, which is the educational business saw that. that we do. And so we train, we train you how to uh, be a marketer, how to think for yourself, how to make money for yourself. Like that's, is that live? That has been live. So that's three and a half years in the making. Okay. And we do live events. We do online events now since the pandemic. How much did that uh, cost? Yeah, let's, it yeah, ranges. I, wanna, so it's, I don't know anything about this. So oh, no way. No. So this cool. is the first time I'm hearing this. So um, let me paint the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paint a picture. So we have three. We have three. We're involved in three businesses that all map up to one core business, which is digital marketing e-commerce. Okay. Yes. Business one is Geek Out Education. Partner is James Van Ellswick. Um, this came about because we. I find value in what we call masterminding. I find value in sharing information because that's the, that's what we have. Like all you have is knowledge. You either keep it with you or you, or you give it to those, but a can like, this is the quote that res, uh, resonates the most and that in sharing knowledge and education, a candle never leaves, loses this flame by lighting other candles. It just makes more flames. Yeah. Like if you can take a candle, light it and it's just going to make more fire. Right. Mm -hmm. So w if there's no sense in, learning and winning and, and finding success and sharing with others in hopes that they share with other people or they share back with us. Mm -hmm. So edu geek out education is because 
geeks are have always been looked down upon as the negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like you're not cool, you're not popular, yeah. you're not in it. Now that's cool. Guess what, dude? I would I would beg to be a geek from day one because now I'm building building code or I'm building websites and I'm making money online and I'm learning how tech works. And I was an athlete, I was a, a B plus student at best. And I learned all their shit after school. Yeah. I went to school. I'm still in debt. Like we, yeah, we still yeah, yeah. we still got those issues, like private school, all that bullshit. Yeah. I didn't learn anything until I was on the job. That's where we live in right now. So this space of it doesn't discriminate. Like digital marketing does not discriminate, and on all levels, like whether what your your level uh, your your education is, what your color is, what your gender is, all it gives shit about is if you're green or red. Green if you're making money or you losing money. Mm. Right. That's why we work with anybody that that has three things. Cater with kindness means like they'll give you, they'll, they'll be honest, they'll be upfront with you, but they'll work hard. Mm-hmm. And like you just have integrity, like, plain and simple, and like what you do, like, hey, I can't do that because A, B, and C. Yeah. My yeah, partner yeah. Jake's got the highest integrity. So with Geek Out, people come to us and they want to learn what's happening. So thankfully, with the network we built up, hundreds of teachers that know how to do YouTube or how to do copywriting or know how to do video content or know how to do um, native or tabula or Facebook or Instagram or influencers, like people that are specialists. We'll come and talk and do like, hey, here's what's latest, and we, we could teach. be the we could be the podcast, yeah, like you know, pod- understanding account. podcast yeah. TV, like uh, understanding how the content is distributed or ads work on podcasting. There's a niche that needs to learn that. Cool, yeah. check education. Second is structured. Structured does digital marketing for direct to consumer brands, mm-hmm. Facebook ads and email, right? Very top of funnel, bottom of funnel, hard stop. It's digital agency, easiest way to explain it. The third thing was through the pandemic, we launched this about three months ago. Constant Creative is a service where if you need more ad creative or more more conversion focused content, you come to us because we create those ads for you. Mm. We're doing it already for our brands. We can do it for you as well. Mm. And versus you traveling to hire what we call in-house or in-housing yeah. a, pro- a position, yeah. it's expensive. Yeah, Very expensive and you can't guarantee that they're gonna be good for you and now you're with them for three months at least for employment. Us, join us for a month. Get as many ads as you can. If, you, if it doesn't work, cool. You can be the next. So there's a trial, like a mo- one month trial. Yeah, or we'll, well, it's not it's not a trial, but we'll fully refund you if we can't do our job. Like, oh, well. that's on us. Like, if we can't earn your business, then it's like not worth it. So then we have the agency, we have the education, and we have the content. My goal for the next, I would say, six months. Let's finish the year. I've never gone through a pandemic before. Um, I've never experienced this yeah. in my life. Yeah. Apparently, there's another stimulus check coming up. So what we're what we're anticipating is the largest Q4. We, we in our lives have ever witnessed. Walmart's publicly announced they're not doing in-person Black Friday, Cyber Monday. They're not gonna be the first large retailer to do that. Yeah. All these other brands have been closing down. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Right? So you have these people that aren't gonna have all that income. And for the last three months, we've just been educating everybody to go, you can't go to stores to buy things. You had to learn how to put your credit card online. You had to go to businesses. You had to take on Amazon, right? So you're, you're more, now you have a, a, a massive consumer base that's more educated around buying online that we as people that sell stuff online will be able to capitalize mm-hmm. so now they're comfortable before maybe they had doubt of like i don't want to put my information might get stolen well now you have brands or you're forced to do it now there's no choice there's no choice necessity. I yeah. can't, i'm not gonna invest necessity i'm not gonna invest in putting a, a pop-up in sephora when i can just build it on my my business because i have to go online yes so the, now money's flowing two different ways brands money flowing online and consumers money flowing online so it's just gonna be it's, it's gonna be huge. Like I promise you, Amazing. it's not just gonna be Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's gonna be October, November. December. It's gonna be Q4. Yeah, Q4 exactly. killer Q4. Yeah, yeah. fact. Yeah, fact. <laughs> so if anything, prepare to build, prepare to sell, um, 
and just prepare to make money online. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you could give people your advice, anybody that wants to join piece. your your space, or even just as as an entrepreneur yourself, or even your struggles, like just what would you like to to tell everyone? Yeah, I think I think don't be romantic about where you're currently at. And what I'm what I mean by this specific is where you are now is not where you're going to be in six months. So just go. Like you guys are literally living that right now. Is you might want to stand for something specifically, but you don't know how that's going to resonate to the audience. And ultimately, what matters to us is growing the audience. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's a goal. So you have to listen to what they're telling us, or else you're not going to be around very long. Right. And so start where you are. Be very specific in where you want to go to, but don't be so romantic about how you get there. That's the easiest way of putting it. And if you are going to take advantage of work from home, build something for yourself. Like you can get fired at any time. You might even be collecting um, like unemployment right now. Use that time to build something for you to, to, to be everlasting. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's when I called Migs and I said, you know what? We need to do something digitally. I was That's like, what? That's going to be Boba? the wave of the future. <laughs> But with yeah. the online, I'll oh, we, we were going into starting our own little uh, ramen thing. And <laughs> then it. COVID hit and I'm like, you know what? Let's kind of rework our plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go with something that we're, you know, also good at, which is talking, talking <laughs> to each other about <laughs> random stuff. About random stuff. Right. So, and let's bring people in when we yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this is the reason why we, we started Kickspot was just because of that mentality. We felt like, you know, the, a lot of stuff is going to close down and you might as well start something separate from what you're doing because you just never know i just entrepreneurs just think alike like the three of us are on the same page regarding just that type of mentality and it just oozes out of you every day and you just you just don't think like a regular person no you know um we're in for survival but when we survive we come out on top like that's normally how i see us entrepreneurs mm -hmm. like even though we started small i mean you i saw you living at mom's house yeah for four years, building building all this, traveling, trying to figure it out, and then your girl trying to figure out her stuff too, my girl trying to figure out, yeah. and then fast forward five, six years, like just the four of us and, and Sean, right? Like, you, you see the growth, like, I just saw you last week, right? A few weeks ago, and you, everyone has a business. Everyone's, <laughs> you know? It's true. It's, it's true. true, right? It's like, true. everyone just has their own business now. We're just like, where did this come from? Yeah, it, it, it was came just from a, the culture. Culture. It came from it came from moms like right yeah. like she 100%. she she was the first person to be like I'm a business owner and 100 and all of her daughters and yeah. her son and her her immediate us right the immediate men in their lives are yeah. going no nah, it's we got to build for ourselves yeah exactly it's it's either eat, you you eat what you kill and you build for yourself yeah yeah 100 and well, you know and we were super super glad that we had you on today yeah and Nick know? um if you could for the audience uh we like to throw a little plug. So if uh, anybody wants right to hit up Nick, uh, it's going right, to be right, right, right there. Um, what is your IG? IG, hit me up. I am Nick Shackleford. Very simple. Or I am Shackleford on Twitter. And do you have a company one? Uh, we do. We have constantcreative.com and we have structured.com. Okay, so if I can edit this properly, it'll be like... Yeah, we'll be like all, all, all over the place. place yeah. over there. And then uh, <laughs> if not, uh, please check us out on our Instagram because we'll also put Nick's um, you know, uh, social media uh pages on, on ours at kicks uh, the underscore kick, kick spot so nick thank you very much thank you so much brother i guess really appreciate it much love fam thank you for listening to kick spot